Welcome Starseeds, my name is Gemma Petherbridge and this is The Soul Student, a podcast for the spiritually inclined and curious. Each week I'll present to you new techniques and teachings, some as old as the mystery schools themselves. We will meet and learn from people who are clearly on their soul path, with the aim of helping you reach your own unique soul purpose. So let's begin. everyone welcome back so today we are talking to the lovely Joanne Griffin Joanne welcome hi thanks so much for having me (laughs) so I'm going to start by asking you the question that I always start with which is what's your current sole purpose Mm, this is such a nice question so I feel like my current sole purpose at the moment is really this connection between business and mindset particularly for creatives so it's really about getting into that creative flow which is my business name (laughs) or part of my business name there you go yeah quieting that (laughs) inner narrative that inner critic that we all have holding space and giving guidance to my clients and people I work with and people I come into contact with but just really making people aware that that insight that answers are always within you it's just sort of like going down and finding it and you know above all the noise of your own mind and the outside world um I think your probably sole purpose does evolve like you said it's like it's your current sole purpose um I think that I've been coming into this for a few years but I think it's and I think I'm only at the start of this as well so but yeah I'm on this journey and really enjoying it and but I'm also I just wanted to touch in as well because a word that I'm really working with at the moment is magnetic so that's something that I'm working with been through the past couple of months and it's going to be my word for 2022 as well oh I like that (laughs) so let's just halt right there and ask you how's that gone so far how um What's magnetic brought into your life or how are you working with it? People will love that. Yeah, it's, do you know what? I I've, I don't know about you. I've always picked word of the year. Never really used it. You know, it's kind of I like... Th- <laughs> I like the idea. And then I get confused. I was like, oh, there's too many words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get lost. Yeah, normally I, I used to pick like five. That didn't work. Then I would pick one. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> so for anyone else yeah. who's tried to pick a word of the year and can't, like, or doesn't use work for them, I think sometimes it has to come to you. So this is just something I've been working with with one of my coaches, Chloe Slade, who um, owns Vibe yeah. and Flow. So just something that kept coming up. So I think sometimes it has to be something that keeps coming up for you as well. So, but yeah, for me, it's, um, I mean, there's been a lot of changes. Well, there's been a lot of changes for everyone over the past two years. But for me, there's been a lot of changes uh, personally. um, So just because uh, I had an engagement breakdown, um, I've moved twice (laughs) and, and my business has really sort of come into its own. So I feel like for me, magnetic is magnetic in attracting new friendships, uh, attracting hopefully love soon as well, um, attracting clients, attracting people to work with, and just generally the way I've been working with it is just stepping into like my own power, my own joy, my own excitement, and just literally feeling magnetic. So even if I walk down the street, you know, people are like, 
saying hello or smiling, you know, like, which yes. I know people do, but maybe not so much in like Bournemouth, <laughs> just, you yeah. know, normally on it. So yeah, it's just really stepping into that magnet- magnetic power, which... And I got the shivers then, so clearly that's working <laughs> yeah. for you, because properly got the shivers. I love that. Oh, and what thanks. a lovely word. And I love the way you like, it came to me, so even the words, magnetic. Yeah, so exactly, cool. exactly. So yeah, if anyone else is struggling with a word, just uh, I think the power of a lot of journaling and scripting and mindset work has really brought it out. So, And I feel really confident Brilliant. in using that now, which feels good. <laughs> yeah, when you talk about it, you can tell, which is really yeah. nice. Okay, so we're going to step back a bit. Yeah. So we always start with that question but so everybody understands who joe is um and well basically i want to explain that her and i have a very long history uh we're close enough that she's actually a bridesmaid at my wedding and um we've got a very weird work connection haven't we which is almost (laughs) like we follow each other in a very obscure way (laughs) It's like if I followed you or you followed me. Yeah, back and forth. Um, So when I was, there's a year difference, isn't there? So I must have been 17 when you came to join New Look at 16. Would that be right? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Or maybe you Um, were 18 and I was 17. Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, yes, we met working uh, our first uh, Saturday jobs at New Look, which was brill because it was a bunch of girls not working as hard as maybe we should, wasn't it? (laughs) It was a good first job. 50% discount on clothes at the time, which I know fast fashion now is bad, but you know, when you're young, (laughs) good. (laughs) Oh, it's heaven, wasn't it? Um, So yeah, we met at New Look. Then I randomly, I don't even remember why, but moved over to work for classic blockbusters back in the day. (laughs) Gotta love blockbusters, yes. And then I remember, well, some point then coming back and working for both. And I remember saying to you, you should come to blockbusters, come over to blockbusters. Because it was funny hours, which meant we were basically never managed because the managers would go do a nine to five and go home. We were there till like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. So we kind of had free reign and we did that together for a few years, went off to uni separately. Um, but then, well, we went to Ibiza while at uni. So that yeah, was good. That was good. That was a good <laughs> session. That was very good. And then after I went backpacking, you were already in London, randomly moved in the road next to you, which yes. never happens in London. That's like literally impossible. We should have we should have known then there was, I mean, obviously I knew you were like my best friend then, but we should have known then there was something more special. <laughs> I, you know, if you've lived in London, that's just, you can't do no. that, can you? That's just not going to happen. And generally you are on the opposite side, side. of London, just yeah. typically. And you were working for Not On The High Street and thank you because I needed at the time you got me a job at Not On The High Street as well. Since then though, we have gone off in different directions, but we've ended up with our own businesses. So again, there's still a similarity and that's where I'm going to (laughs) stop and let you carry on about um, talking about yourself, who you are. I know I've kind of given a little bit away and your business, Creative Flow Collective. So Go for it, Joe. Yes. So yeah, the Creative Flow Collective, I actually rebranded at the start of 2021. I was called Arnold and Bird before that. And I suppose like most people who have a business, their journey isn't linear. It goes very much up and down. So yeah, I started off as Arnold and Bird, which was actually a blog back in, oh gosh, I don't even know now, like 2000 and 
14 or something, or maybe even earlier. Um, and that the, the name Arnold and Bird came from my grandparents. And it was more like a product-based business. So at the time I was making stationery, doing illustrations. Uh, I was also doing product development advice. And then it just sort of evolved. And then I was going much more into one-off product development projects. And then really, I think I had the idea for retail mentoring, which is kind of like my main part of my business. So one-to-one -one retail mentoring with product-based businesses where I just talk about everything retail, whether it's your USPs, your customer, wholesale, product development, growing your sales, marketing, trade shows, um, profit margins, just all of those things when it comes to running a product business. And then, yeah, so I was really stepping into that at the start of 2020. Uh, since then, I've moved into doing retail courses, so how to sort of really grow like your home and gift business. But I'm currently, like I said, I'm moving into this connection between mindset, well-being, and business for creatives, particularly in the product-based area as well. So I've I'm currently in the process um, while we're recording this of running a one-week. Uh, move from overwhelmed to feeling calm mindset course for product businesses to really end out the Christmas season, the rush, so confident in showing up for those last few sales, but then managing that overwhelm comparison and then really just relaxing so they don't burn out <laughs> when they like either that stop. Sounds good. So yeah, so um, yeah, it's, it's going really well. I'm really enjoying it, like holding that space. So, so yeah, that's sort of like, so I suppose I would... I've been classing myself as a retail mentor, but I think I'm going to be stepping into much more of like a retail and mindset mentor uh, going forward. So, yeah. And just out of interest, with the wellness, where do you think, so if someone's listening right now, I guess in the creative industry, but just generally as a whole, what would be going on for them where that's needed? You know, like you said, they're in overwhelm. Um, I get it. I've just finished doing our crystal cells for Christmas, but this is the first year that I haven't also run a not on the high street shop. Yeah. Where by now I'd be like, please, can I stop working? Please, can I stop working? <laughs> so I guess that's the overwhelm. I'm answering my own question. Yeah. But what what key things do you see people go through where it's like, no, take a moment, time for wellness? Mm, yeah, because I think this always gets put at the end whereas yeah. it really is the key but it seems counterproductive to stop and do something like work on your mindset or your wellness um so yeah it's overwhelm either too many orders <laughs> and you're just mm -hmm. like it might be overwhelmed that uh, particularly this year a lot of businesses have struggled because the orders haven't been there in the same way they were last year or even maybe or or maybe this is just the same level as 2019. 2020 was great for product-based businesses. You know, yeah. everyone was locked down for most of the year. No one was spending money on going out. So everyone was treating themselves. This year, people are out, but then there's probably more of an anxiety, more of a, an emotional hangover this year as well. And particularly at the moment, there's like so much uncertainty. And I think people are tightening the purse strings and so yeah, orders for small businesses just sometimes haven't been as great so there's an overwhelm in both ways there's the overwhelm as well when you're running your business whether you're product based or service there's that never-ending to-do list you know there's always more yes. you can do you, you know you can just work yourself you, you can probably do busy work as well actually <laughs> you know um mm. and or or you're not really clear on what to do because I think as well 
you know, you need to take a step back and really think about what's working for you, you know, instead of listening to all of the gurus and experts, like <laughs> say that as like, I'm trying to help people, but my thing is tapping into <laughs> like what's working yeah. for you. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably maybe overwhelm as well from comparison. It's so easy online to just sort of look at everyone else and, you know, compare yourself to someone else's middle or, you know, you don't really know their their journey, how much help they've got, how much money they've got, what all of these different things or what they're showing is maybe not what's real. So Exactly. It's always the best on social media. Oh yeah. Not, exactly. not the truth necessarily, just mm. the best. And I found, especially when I was doing the, the real product based business, I know Crystals mm. is, but somehow I forget in a yeah. way that I see it separately. I used to get overwhelmed. So I was in some Facebook groups, which I think you are as well. And it, when people in those groups were suffering um, financially, sales were down, if I was doing okay, I would worry that I was about to hit something that I couldn't see coming. Like, oh, well, they're not doing well. What if I'm about to yeah. join? You know, like, so even on the up, I was worried about a down. Yeah. It's I, a hard, it's a hard business, but also so fulfilling because it's so creative. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's not, well, just nothing's ever easy, but I think if you, yeah, work with it. And I was actually talking to a client yesterday and, you know, she was sort of saying how actually this year she's not made as much money, but she's way more in profit. <laughs> Whereas last year she Yay. made way more money and she actually made a loss. So, you know, again, it's really about perspective is a huge thing like knowing your numbers all of that is like super key when you're when you're running guys, any business <laughs> will be like joe's obviously being very coy about that but i'm sure she has something to do with the change there so <laughs> congratulations to you we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute okay so that leads really well as well to our next question which is at what point or what things are people going through when they come to you to work for you, with you as a mentor if you could like list maybe three issues that you see a lot of your customers mm. go through and then how you help them progress out of that yeah so I feel like we've talked about a few I think <sighs> overwhelm is a big thing Be, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's sort of I think when you work with someone one-to-one I think it really depends on what stage you're at in your business. Like courses are great. Listening to free advice is great. Group programs can be great. But I think that one-to-one really helps with that accountability and support. So that support for someone to listen and that accountability. I often hire a coach just because I, I literally say, I just want to tell you what I want to do. So I do it. <laughs> because when you yeah, work by yourself, <laughs> you work by yourself, it's, you don't have a boss anymore. You know, it's, um you need that, you need to strip back that overwhelm. You need to strip, you need to like literally get all of, you need to brain dump all of everything you want to do. You need to have fewer focuses, you know, focusing on one at a time, talk it through, have those clear action points, and then have someone who's going to, you know, help make sense of that with you. You can definitely do this by yourself, but sometimes, you know, it, it's hard um, to do that. So I think that's where the overwhelm comes in. And like I said, my key thing is there's so much you can do, but it's like, and there's so many people saying like, Instagram's where it's at or LinkedIn or Facebook groups, or you just need a mailing list. And yes, you can have all of those things, but it's like, what is actually working for you? Where do you enjoy showing up as well? Mm. Because I think particularly at the moment, particularly with product-based businesses, they're, 
and this is the way the industry has gone. It's like they've just turned into these content producing machines. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas, definitely. And actually, that's not their key strength. Their key strengths in their products, and then they're just pro- providing all this value, and they're maybe not even selling. So. Again, oh, it's... I so resonate with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. The amount of, I think I average one to two hours a day of social media. Wow. Yeah. You and do so much me... value as well. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Like if anyone's watching, no offense. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to be, but it's like you said, it's not focused and sadly the money isn't there mm-hmm. and you do need to put your focus there first and you've got to support your family, the business. Yeah. All of the above. Exactly. So social media can really leak time quite mm. quick. I think the thing is with content is why it all looks so easy. Oh, this 15 second reel, oh, that doesn't take any time. God, sometimes a 15 second reel will take like an hour to film. <laughs> Honestly, I, yeah, especially learning reels. Wow. That's yeah. a... Trying to lip yeah. sync or dance with looking not awkward. And I like to dance and I still find it awkward. <laughs> So yeah, See, Joe's doing very well with the reels where she's in them. I don't know if you've noticed, Joe. Mine are of crystals. I am yeah. not getting in my reels. Exactly. But then, you know, as well, you don't have to jump in and be this like huge face of the brand and pointing when that doesn't feel comfortable to you as well. Like that's be you for sure with that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose that leads on to like comparison as well. And I think this kind of links back to the overall. But like I said, but comparison can come with... either feeling jealousy or um, not feeling good enough Um, but then it can also be that shiny object syndrome of like oh I've got to if I just do what they're doing I'll be successful whereas you don't have the same business you don't have the same journey you don't have the same customers the same products it's all you know like I said bring it back to what works for you um, for sure and then I think the the big one that everyone wants as well is growing their sales (laughs) you know it's Mm. um everyone just wants to learn how to grow their sales. So again, it's the amount of businesses who do not know their numbers <laughs> is yeah. really surprising. I think, I don't know why, I've just always, whenever, even I've had a product-based business, I knew what my product, my profit margin was. I always kept track of, um, you know, monthly, you know, what's expenses and what you've made income and expenses and things. So I think that's so important to not mm. just leave it to your tax return because, again I talk to clients and they're like oh I'm really down like I'm really really down and we look at it and it's like well no you're not you've made more money it's just come from a different area of your business so it's being really aware of those numbers to well even just be really realistic or not get disheartened and again just knowing what's working like whether it's tracking the data of the numbers or where those sales are coming from because a lot of the time yeah maybe it's actually coming from Etsy or your mailing list and how much is Instagram you know driving in or what else can you do to build that the outreach so whether that's press or I say outreach instead of just influencers because it's how else can people feature you you know that doesn't have to yeah. necessarily be influencers but how can you expand your reach really as well it's a big thing and I imagine straight away when people are like oh what you want me to watch the numbers there's that fear almost yes. fear of looking at the numbers but also fear of understanding them I th- without stereotyping especially in creatives because it's almost like we hang out in the right brain and then we need to go and do business stuff in the left brain. And it's just by default, not the norm. I'm stereotyping and putting myself right in the middle of that. <laughs> what if they 
are hearing you and going, oh, sorry, what? Numbers? I have to do the numbers. It, where would you say, if they just tracked one thing, one or two things, whatever is a good answer for you, to start with, this could be a hard question, Joe. forgive me if yeah. it is, where do you think they should start to simplify that for people? Yeah, so I know number. I, I, I was terrible at maths. I'm actually, I actually am, can be quite analytical, but I still need to know how to work out that formula or a calculator by me. If you just gave me like yeah. a multiplication, I freeze because that's like my instant reaction to math. So I get, I do get it, but I, I promise you numbers can be really fun <laughs> and they can be really creative. Like you can get, so I, again, I did some sales analysis for a client recently and she was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that product. I forgot about that product. That worked really well. But actually if I did that, I would do it in this way now. You know, and it's just like, oh. so it's really understanding that. And she actually sold about, I, last time I spoke to her, she sold 11 baubles just sitting in a shop yesterday. Whereas actually if she sends them out individually, it doesn't work for her. But she went in a shop for a couple of hours and made, I don't know how much, but you know, just personalizing some baubles. So it's again, working out how to take something that works for you and do it in a way that works. So, um, so yeah, in terms of like one or two ways, like I said, I think tracking Profit and loss, having a profit and loss spreadsheet, I think is really good because then you can see how much you've made, but then what your expenses have been. So you can then work out, right, how much have you actually made at the end of the month? So please do that because then again, you can sort of track what your average monthly income is. You can sort of see how much you've made over the year as well. Mm -hmm. And again, you can just set this all up with such simple formulas, equal sum and, you know, this cell minus this cell and things like that. So just doing them up. So you can make it super, super simple. And the other thing is profit margin as well. Um, it's, you know, whenever I post about profit margins on Instagram, that is my most, normally my most saved post or liked post. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, a lot of people don't do it. So they don't know. One of, again, one of the first things I always do with clients is work out their profit margins and they're normally probably around like 30 or 40% and you really you want to be looking at 60% plus. Um, so yeah, but pr again, pricing can be really hard when it's your own product. People, it's almost like people want to price it cheaper to make it better for the customer. Whereas actually mm. it might not be better for the customer because then the customer might not value it. It's like you're not valuing yourself as well. So I suppose maybe it's an energetic yeah. thing as well. And I did find that, so when I was doing product development, I found that if I really wanted to do a product but it was financially not the best margin, that was a bit of a hit. Like, mm. love it, know it would probably sell, but then you look at the numbers and it's like, yeah, but the time involved or the materials involved mean that it's not a sensible product to progress. Yeah. And I think there's a lot, including me, again, I did it. I was like, yeah, but I love it, I want to do it. Yeah. But then long-term, that's just silly. Yeah. It's just not, like, I would be like, several months down the road doing this product I love I'm thinking gold foil prints right now but yeah <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking of your love heart valentine's card <laughs> that's really bad oh the one with the, yeah, yeah okay are we talking about the map card yeah the map card <laughs> so I used to, so anyone going sorry what yeah so I used to do a personalized gift company and um one of the products that did really well well, did well marketing-wise, did not do well financially with sales was Goldfall Prints, which is literally 
as it sounds, it was um, typographic prints with gold foil over mm. the top. And I would personalise what people used to get the same as they want. Now, for everyone that worked, there was about five voids. Not great for the environment, terrible for the bottom line. And um, I used to fight the machine, yeah. basically, to get can, it to work. I can imagine. And, you fight printers, let alone a gold foil printer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And Joe's talking about a card that used to do epically well, uh, which was... is and Guys, heads up. You put maps on things. People like that. Yes. So it would be a map... <laughs> with a heart on the location where a loved one lived or something like that. So it's perfect for seeing like Valentine's Day where you, if you weren't with the person, it'd be where you are in the world and where they are in the world. And boy, did I become super good at geology. No, that's now. (laughs) Geography. (laughs) Geology's the rocks. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, but that used to take hours yeah, a day exactly hours and hours but it's like seeing um, that product did so well but I remember you were always like I made no money on it by the time I like put these little hearts on and like printed it and sent it and then the costs and but I think you kind of got to go through this as well mm. anything it's like we always think failure is so bad or or whatever but it's like you've got to go through the things that don't work to find the things that yeah. do <laughs> yeah there's a lot of having to play out the emotions I think isn't there because what I think I was doing is to be fair to me I was making a profit if we did not include the time yes which is obviously <laughs> key and people don't include the time do they so I was okay because I'm getting paid anyway because it's my business and yeah it just meant I was doing all hours under the sun um, for the price of a card, yay! <laughs> anyway, so let's transition to spiritual businesses, um, and that's very broad. We've got holistic, wellness, spiritual, mindfulness, all within that one topic. Now, for a lot of these, generally, these people are probably again, I'm stereotyping service based businesses. But there's definitely a scope for a lot of the service businesses to consider products, I would say. And Joe, it'd be lovely to hear your take and also kind of what products people could consider bringing into their businesses. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think a big thing that I've been talking to about with clients as well at the moment as well, it's like diversifying your income. So, you know, if you're service-based and then you maybe have a product offering, then that can work really well. I think the key thing as well is start small and make it easy. Mm. You know, don't just start going off manufacturing in China or (laughs) hopefully you won't do that. Maybe as a more spiritual business, but um, the manufacturing process can be hard. So starting with something like stationary prints or cards that you could, you know, get made. Mm. So there's things like um, a local printer, for example, where you can just send off your design, they'll print it in the UK or printed.com and they'll send you back some nice cards or prints or something like that. So, you know, again, it's something paper-based is a very easy place to start. I don't know if you probably agree with that, <laughs> Gem. It is because you've got the, especially if you're going to print yourself as well, mm. but like also, mm. like you said, sending it somewhere, you've got the one material that you mm. can use in numerous ways quickly, which is a lot harder with other materials. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you could do things like, or spiritual prints or like stationery, you know, that maybe has on your like, uh, your tagline or something, or maybe it's sort of more for specific uses like gratitude or affirmations, things like that. I mean, there's guidance cards, you know, I say guidance cards like Oracle, Tarot, all of those different things. If you created your own deck would be so lovely. 
um, I think things like kits and how-to guides are like super popular at the moment, you know, like I suppose that experiential gift, that activity, getting someone to sort of create something themselves. So whatever that looks like for you, whether that is um, how to create your own meditation space, how to set up an altar, or maybe you send up the bits that they need to represent, I don't know, whatever it is that, you know, the different uh, seasons or whatever it is that's sort of that's connected lovely. to you. Um, and then I think things like scent can work really well too. So like candles or incense or um, incense... <laughs> I feel like I'm saying that wrong and uh, or like scented um I don't know like little soft furnishings or even wooden beads or something like that so again mm. I think you're probably more creating I think think about what the purpose is but you're probably more creating um an environment um that space that sort of feeling so like if you're in your work so how can you create that in your products as well is probably what I would say like what is the just really think about what the purpose is of it definitely and if people are in a particular modality I guess they just have to look around them and be like what tools do I have mm. that actually could have my brand on it but also or I could just almost wholesale in or create yeah exactly especially if there's someone their client going I love that. It's like, take a hint. Yeah, exactly. I, they're like already like, I wish I could own that myself. It's like, maybe buy a few more and have them as available as stock. Yeah, yeah, wholesale. Yeah, buying in and being like the curator, the retail who retailer mm. who curates would be amazing. Especially if people already know, like, and trust you, then they'll come and buy the things from you. Or if maybe you start off as an affiliate for the brand and then, you know, you can see that that's making sales and then maybe you start selling it direct. Well, there's so many different ways I think you can do it. I like that. The idea of they'll come to you because they trust you. I think that's how mm. it happens a lot, isn't it? They're like, they're putting you, like, you know what you're doing. They've come to you for one thing. Mm. Uh, so if you like a product, they're going to be like, okay, saves me all of that time working out which one to buy to go for. I would just go for the one that you've already picked. Exactly, exactly, which is, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. And I think the only other thing you can do if you've already got a business then utilize your existing customers with like market research, you know, sending, creating a survey, you know, if, if, if you were to buy any of these products and list them and tick them or, you know, why do you come to my brand? What do you see my brand for? You know, um, uh, what would you fit, you know, getting, getting some ideas on your ideas for products and That's getting nice. their feedback. But yeah, a survey or getting on the calls with people, talk to them, you know, use, their insight as well as your own inner guidance as well and as much as that's cringy for some people it's gold dust isn't yeah. it to get that actual take of their point of view um last yeah maybe this time last year I can't re I can't remember when it feels like quite a long time ago though I did a questionnaire that's quite lengthy and they would get quite a good discount if mm. they filled it out and um, it changed the business. It really changed where my focus would be for last year. It was much more community-based, which is nice because that's where the business, I think a majority of businesses need to mm -hmm. focus on community anyway, yeah. don't they? But it was so obvious. It was like within Conscience Crystals, people had cultivated, I don't know if you've seen it in the chat, uh, Joe, mm -hmm. in the lives, people are chatting away separate to me and it's really yeah. interesting 
rest like how close they are and they know each other they communicate separately Mm -hmm. with each other now in the cells it's so lovely and that's what they wanted was the crystals were always a bolt on (laughs) to the community and Mm. they just liked they knew that it was a similar personality type yeah exactly which i'm sure get on yeah i'm sure you were probably seeing and you're probably going that way anyway but like you said honestly people when they say like market research or message mining whatever you want to call it they literally just want to run away <laughs> and freeze like mm. I'm I'm a co-coach in a membership a business like membership academy and um everyone hates this but as soon as they do it they're like oh my god that was amazing and you know like I said I think start with a survey if you're a bit nervous but then have that option at the end just to say leave your email if you'd be free to just get on a free 20 minute call um and honestly record the call Oh, it's just like I said, it's actual gold dust in there. Like that is, yeah, yeah. please use that if you are. I mean, whether you're service or product based, or your service who's going to go into product based, or vice versa, just do it in your business. <laughs> the other thing I'd say to people, just a heads up on, is the so one of the first therapies that I saw a logical add on of a product was that I studied in kinesiology in my twenties. And the teacher also spoke to us about a lot of it's based on nutrition and the right nutrition. So that's a real logical thing to bring in to connect yourself, like you're saying, to have an affiliate with a nutritional brand that you or you use yourself, that you can associate with and be happy connect being connected to. So I think there is like for so many modalities, there is this logical like say even something like a crystal sound bath. Mm. Um practitioner there's nothing to say they can't also sell crystal bowls yeah totally yeah because there will be people going i would like to take this with me where do i go Mm. and like you said it could be an affiliate if anyone doesn't know an affiliate is you basically get commission don't you for the sales you're probably not stocking things in so you don't have that risk Mm. yeah um but it's still quite financially beneficial to consider um okay moving on (laughs) Now, Joe, have you, did you, were you talking about Not on the High Street? If we acknowledge that you work for them as well and you were very much their, their trend guru back in the day. Just yeah. To embarrass her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I worked there for seven and a half years. Um, and yeah, did everything from new business to merchandising, product development. And then I ended up being like the trend and product development manager. So I would write the, the trend guides that would get sent out to the 5,000 sellers on the site. So. That was pretty cool. So <laughs> trends are a thing. I think you like it comes natural to you. I would say, <laughs> even though you, like the thing is about creatives, I think they see the trends because it's like our eye candy, isn't it? It's like oh, exactly. there's a nice idea. There's a nice, and we don't register. Sometimes it's a trend because it's just, but then you see it coming through. Yeah, exactly. If that makes sense. I think, um, yeah, particularly with trends I know a lot of like creatives and anyone could be like oh I don't follow trends and I don't like trends I much more like to think about it as like the bigger macro things that are going on bigger macro trends that are going on so whether that's um like just what's going on in the world and then how that's mm. going to affect how people feel because basically trends are when people they'll change their mindset first but a trend will only become mainstream when their behavior changes. So you could be going, yeah, I need to cut down on my use of plastic, 
but not everyone's doing that right now and it's slowly slow or maybe you're doing it little by little and you're just doing it in some reusable makeup pads for example or you know whatever it is but you're not cutting out everywhere so it's just it's slowly coming in but yeah it's that change in mindset and then behavior and just what's going on out because things like the Olympics will um, really impact that. Just big events, um, exhibitions, mm -hmm. all of those kind of things will, will come in. And it's basically, trends are just inspiration. They're just the creativity yeah. around you that you then start taking in to, to, your, to your life. <laughs> so I like that. So in a minute, Joe mm -hmm. is going to talk through some trend information that could help you, particularly for those running spiritual, holistic, wellness mm -hmm. slash wellness <laughs> businesses. Um, but yeah, what you've said is really interesting, Joe. And I think maybe a lockdown is a good example of mindset change and just how humans had to navigate. What are you trying to say? Navigate. I don't yeah. know what word is going to come out of <laughs> my mouth then navigate even just gift giving and how and, and also like you said um at that point the amount of sets that came out um things that they could do at home entertainment so that created a whole trend in itself mm -hmm. didn't it so there is this like you said on the bigger scale what's going on in the world creates natural needs yeah no totally and i think you know with lockdown there's some people who was couldn't wait to run out and have the biggest celebrations. And there's other mm. people who are still being more cautious and who want those small celebrations. So it's either like, there's always polar opposites, you know, in, yeah. in anything. So you've got, you know, the more um, extravagant, like maximalism, or you've got the really simple pared down, more minimal, you know, focusing on the well-being kind of intimate kind of feel to things. So yeah, there's there's always those polar opposites in trends, which is why, again, I always say, you just don't follow all the trends because your business would be a mess <laughs> um, if you did. You know, it wouldn't have any purpose. The key thing with just anything is you've got to look at your purpose, your why, your customer, and then just be relevant. You know, there's no point wrapping everything up in plastic at the moment. That is not, especially... Oh, maybe if you're ordering from Amazon or something, I don't know. But you know, but your yeah. you is like a more spiritual or evolved business or heightened business. You know, you've got to be relevant relevant to to that. Whether that is, you know, more sustainability or the circular economy, zero waste, or you know, supporting small businesses. There's a lot more tactile, handcrafted elements at the moment. Like you said, kits as well, that experiential element. So, yeah, real. Okay, yeah. So do you want to list a few of the trends that you think our listeners would, would it would be perfect for them and their businesses? Yeah, so I picked out like a few things that hopefully will cover a different, um, a wide range. So I think ceremonies are a big thing at the moment. So, you know, creating that ceremony holding space for people, which people are doing, which a lot, a lot of your, I'm sure listeners are already doing. And then it's just maybe how you can, if you were to create a product in that, how you can create like a little set or a kit to get people to do this easily for themselves. You know, I think you've got kind of got to remember, like it's easy for you because you've maybe got all of this stuff around you. But if someone is new to, I don't know, crystal meditation or, kinesiology like what can you provide them that is going to 
start creating that space and start creating that um habit and for them um that practice yeah. for them so i think emotions are a big thing that are coming through at the moment people are a lot more getting tapped into their emotions mental health obviously a big thing so is there anything particularly with kids as well um oh god probably well everyone is obviously kind of struggled over the past couple of the years but you know how can you maybe tap into more emotions um alongside that sort of things like bath stones and bath flowers i mean they've been trending for a while it was all like star signs obviously were like on everything because i mean we used to work at not we'll know personalized is yeah. super popular in like gifting and in products but don't um forget about things that are like personal so like a bath stone is still it's like a personalized product without you having to put someone's name or date on it. Exactly. You only have to have 12 of those rather than be available <laughs> at that moment in time to do literally someone's exact name yeah. or exact message or something. So yeah, it's a good financial, sensible business option. Exactly. Or 26 letters of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, and not and not, and not and not every letter is gonna sell as well. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, and birth flowers. So flowers, um, I think it's floral to topography or floral topography. I don't know. I saw that and I um, can't remember the word, but yeah, flowers. So the meaning behind flowers is something that's um, coming through. And I just think that's more that, well, we're connected with nature. We are nature, but it's that reconnection with nature that people are needing. So yeah, flowers or things like healing jewelry, whether that is using certain stones or flowers or metals or whatever that is um i think can come through too um and i think plants and flowers and beauty as well so in beauty products um even down to things like see charcoal cbd mushrooms um that's i can't remember what it's my mycelium is it for mushrooms but yeah it's mm. you know mushrooms are a big thing that are coming through so yeah just really using like nature um maybe even using it i mean things like pineapple leather or um uh, paper leather or um what's the other uh is it orange pulp silk so again these different alternatives to the animal I've not products heard of any of those but they sound <laughs> i I've, it i can i can visualize what they are without even knowing yeah. them if that makes sense yeah yeah so it's kind of like the alternatives to the animal products i mean things like this like there's either still probably kind of harder to get hold of or more expensive but they're evolving and they will come through and mm. become cheaper and become more mainstream but it's just that it's that like i said it's that sort of tipping point at the moment as well um which is always a good bit to be on i think i found um I mean, all I can talk about is, for me, I was one of the first people to do typographic prints, not mm. the first, kind of got near the beginning of that. I was pretty much one of the first people to do letterbox gifts, mm. yeah. if not actually managed to be the first one on Not On The High Street. And we were doing them for about a year, year and a half, and then COVID came around. And, I mean, who knew that was something coming? Mm. But it's... It's good, I think, to be first, to be established, to not react to the trends, like follow mm. your intuition and yeah. do what you love. And if you then sit with a trend, suddenly a trend appears and you're in it, you're established going where other people try and almost 
get involved, but they're not at the beginning of that wave, are they? They're sort of yeah near the end. Exactly. There's a there's an age of a product, isn't there? And it's good to be at the start of an age of it rather than yeah. So this kind of goes with the whole. Um, there's the innovators who are the people creating the trends, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are. Then you've got the early adopters, the early majority, the late majority, and then my favourite word ever, the laggards. <laughs> so that's just rude. I know. So yeah, so I love that word. But yeah, again, it's like, I mean, I'm not... I know like a bit about this, but there's a, is that the whole like 3D, 4D, 5D kind of like people and world kind of like, you know, and I can imagine a lot of your listeners are like, most people are in the 3D, but then most of your listeners I'm sure are like moving on. So it's like, so tapping whether you're an innovator or an early adopter or whatever, but what else is everyone around you talking about? Because I'm sure your group, the people you're talking about are like talking about different things to the early and late majority in the laggards for example so it's like what is what are those people talking about so then tap into that to be that first people as well for sure yeah and that is crucial because if they are heading to into 4d into 5d they are very much at the beginning because at the moment it's only like one percent of the demographic Mm. but that's good or that's a good niche yeah or even just being aware of that i think (laughs) so i have no idea why i am on that on that perspective but i think i'm just aware of it but yeah it's um yeah you're heading along it yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) so yeah i think just there's i think just there's so much i think just even just the fact that the self-care mindfulness gratitude affirmations i mean there's so much there and i think don't i think sometimes when you're in it you just think everyone else is in it but they're not Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well so just really using all of that or whatever it's activism or whatever it is but yeah it's it will i mean i say that it's like not a trend like a lot of these things again particularly with sustainability and that they're not trends they're movements like it's not like this is going to go away as well i think a lot of these things they're i want to say that mainstream's not really the word like i said it is this movement it's just where we're going to go <laughs> where the earth yeah gonna go. and therefore financially it makes sense to embrace it i mean it's so good that it happens to be such a good trend or something that's coming in to be normal Mm -hmm. that we may as well embrace it as a business like you said to the simplicity of consider not packaging things in plastic Mm. anymore consider what you're going to do next and it's hard isn't it because sometimes there isn't an answer trying to find good packaging for crystals I mean I think we've got there now touch wood we don't get breakages Mm. and I think pretty much everything there's there's a tissue paper I need to resolve which is ironic because it's paper (laughs) but there's an acid on a paper that I need to sort out but it's a process and you may as well be involved because I hopefully in a few years we won't even be able to obtain plastic products Mm. it's just not going to be so you may as well jump on it be ready for something that's naturally going to evolve yeah. anyway with things like that and I think it's just such a great fit because I know a lot of times like yes it can be more expensive or it maybe can be harder to source but turn it into a conversation with your customers as well you know actually mm. I'm not perfect like this like, tissue paper or this tape or whatever it is I still need to do it in this way or I have 
loads of this plastic bubble wrap that I'm going to use up because otherwise it would be wasted, you know, like take your customers along on that journey. But I am doing this, this and this. That's like your free content there, you know, to use. Too. Yeah, yeah. We've got a sticker. We don't use it a lot, but it's a little heart. And it says something when we do want to recycle plastic packaging, because mm. like you said, if it exists, it's sadder to bin it than recycle it, yeah. isn't it? At least then it's back. It's getting as much use as it can. We've got a sticker that says, you know, heads up. If there is recycled packaging, it's because that's better yeah. than not. And it's a little sticker that goes on the packets, on the parcels mm. for that nice. particular reason. Yeah, because you should definitely recycle, yeah, those, that kind of packaging. I, yeah. I always I always keep packaging and I don't even send things out. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm sending things to friends, I'm like, well, I might as well reuse it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what would you say to someone who's really like, yes, I want to do this. Maybe they want to make their own planners. That's the thing now, isn't mm. it? Like gratitude diaries journals and they want to make candles affirmation cards whatever it is and the natural train of thought is but there are loads Mm -hmm. of that already what would you say to those people who have that kind of train of thought there's loads of everything in the world already but (laughs) so yeah don't let this put put you off there is there is there's someone out there who it's the exact same way if you're a service-based business right now I'm sure there's loads of other healers that people could go to or whatever it is but people come to you so they're coming to you because of the way you're sharing your message or the way you heal or or how you do something so they'll come to you for this product as well so yes there might be a million of like you know you could buy a planner from Poundland or I'm sure you could buy a planner from Chanel and you can buy a planner from a million different businesses in the middle, you know, all at varying price points, but there will be people, there's audiences for all of those levels as well. So, you know, just, again, I think know the purpose behind your product, like, you know, the purpose behind your business and yeah. And then you're gonna, that's what, you know, people don't buy, people buy the value in a product you know like they buy the value in a service or a healing but they're gonna buy the value in a product as well even if that is a planner like (laughs) because like it's going to save them time it's going to get them organized it's going to get all their to-do list down so or it's going to have the fact that they can tick off that they've done their meditation today so whatever that is they will have Okay, Joe. so final question. As someone who works very much with people with product-based businesses, I'm sure you see similar problems or issues arise for many of those businesses. It'd be really interesting to know what you do see people work with or need to process with their business and what advice you could offer those people so that those our listeners, when they see that heads up, they see it coming up, they know what to do. So like I said, um, learn your profit margin, <laughs> please do that. So I talk about lips a lot on my Instagram. So, you know, there's lots of advice there. I think use your sales analysis as well. So knowing your numbers and just, even if you just know what your best seller is, please, please know that, please be really aware of that. Um, so just look at what's working basically. I think is key for you look at what's working in terms of what's selling uh what's working in your marketing because 
you know, yes, you can listen to everyone else, but be led by what's working for you first. Um, but just like I said, don't try and do it all <laughs> because it just gets, it gets too overwhelming for sure. But yeah, I think the two other final things is one, diversify your income. So particularly for product-based business, if you can um, sell direct on your own site, if you can sell direct on marketplaces like Etsy or not on the high street.com, if you can sell wholesale, if you've got the margin for that, um, if you can do fairs and markets. So just really thinking about where else you can sell your products. Uh, so you're not just relying on one, you know, maybe one income stream will go up at some times and other, another one will go down, but then they'll balance each other out. Yeah. I think is really a good um, thing to remember. And I think just the final thing as well is, like I said, mindset can be such a big thing for people. I think mindset and strategy need to go hand in hand. Um, but I think with mindset and creativity, like stress will kill creativity. <laughs> so, and stress will kill, mm, definitely. stress will kill just trying to think clearly. So taking mm. time out is, is productive. I think it's often seen as counterproductive. I think, you know, you need to have that balance, you know, is it, is it going to be more beneficial for you to just stop and do a five minute meditation five minutes of scripting, five minutes of journaling, five minutes of movement. Again, this, you, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know innately in yourself what you do to kind of rebalance yourself and clear your mind and get that focus back. So having that, taking those five minutes or whatever is, is super important. I think I remember you talking recently on a podcast interview, um, and you're saying about the monthly cycles and when you've got your period. Um, and yeah, yeah, just finding that time time to, yeah, you know your body and mind the best. So really working with those cycles as well. So it sounds like you're very much focusing or helping people support their intuition. And like you said, connecting inwards, which for me, I would say is very much intuitive connection and guidance do you feel that's what you're doing yeah no definitely definitely I think you've got all the answers inside of you uh everyone really does mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you need support to bring that through be that support from other people support from your practices or whatever it is but you've got all the answers it's just our minds will take over you know that that the um, primitive mind that inner critic mind will take over so yeah, it's like coming definitely. back to yeah your intuition your soul and yeah really love that love that joe thank you so much i think everybody's going to find that so interesting and also probably sitting there going wow what else could i do with my business that maybe i've not considered in the past so it's a lovely way also to start start yes. the year Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you, learn more about you, how can they do that? Yeah, so my website is creativeflowcollective.com. I'm on all social media. I mean, mainly probably Instagram and Pinterest as Creative Flow Collective. And I've got a podcast called The Creative Flow. It used to be called Elevate Your Curiosity, which I'm hoping it's changing on Spotify soon to Creative Flow. <laughs> yeah, it's time, I think it? I've just worked out how to do it. It took me a while. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, the Creative Flow podcast. So yeah, I will share sort of mindset, retail and trends on there. Um, and I think 
that's probably yeah everything with probably so yeah making in contact <laughs> brilliant okay and I will add that to all of the information for this so everybody just head to the podcast bio and it'll all be there so you can contact Joe and even sort out her guidance if you're drawn to that if you're thinking of creating products or really developing your creative business okay Joe, lovely to have you with us thank you so much maybe you'll come back again in the future at some point that'd be lovely oh no thanks so much and to all of our listeners have a lovely day guys bye